Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now, now, now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Any questions I ask myself? Man, I don't know if y'all can feel there's just something special happening tonight, and I'm so glad and I'm, that you're here. I'm so glad that I'm here and got to just experience Jarian. Thank you so much for your leadership. Um, and I just, my hope and my prayers, exactly what Jarian said, is that whatever brought you here tonight was not an accident. Like you were brought here tonight for a reason, whatever it may be. And you're like, man, I don't go to the table every week, or it's my first time here. Look, there's a reason why you're here tonight, and I love what Jarian, how he set it up, and I just want to lean in, and I want all of us just to lean in, um, just for whatever reason why we're here. And my hope and my prayer that I can just be as helpful as possible uh, to talk about what we're about to talk about here tonight. Um, but man, if we have not had a chance to meet, my name is Isaac, and I'm the pastor, the young adult pastor at First Orlando, and uh, the pastor of the table here. And I'm so glad just to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, um, and my question to kick us off tonight is, have you ever gotten left somewhere? Like, when you were a kid and you didn't have a car, I, I'm, I'm seeing a few nods, have you ever gotten left somewhere? And, never, and then some of you are like, Isaac, I wasn't even a kid, like, that was yesterday, like, I, I got left somewhere, like, I was with my friends, and they left me, like, what, what's going on here? Well, <clears throat> when I was in junior high, um, I went to CC, CC's Pizza, anybody? CC's Pizza? Okay, we got some. And you know, like if you're, it just, when you're an adult, CC Pizza is cool, but I'm telling you, it hits so much different when you're in junior high. Because what do you do? Especially if, like me, if you're a junior high boy, like you go to CC's Pizza and you're so excited because what are you going to do? You're going to compete with all your friends on how many pieces you can eat, right? And you start shoving your mouth and you're like 11, 12, 13, and you're like just trying to hold it in, but you know you need to save room because then they have the cinnamon roll pizza. And you have to save room for the cinnamon roll pizza. And you're stuffing there, and you're just stuffing your face with the cinnamon roll pizza. And then eventually, you've been to CC's before. Most of us have, right? So then eventually, you know those arcade games in the back? And you ask your parents, or you, ha you had some quarters, you ask your parents for some quarters, and you go in the back, and you start playing um, Galaga, you start playing Simpsons game, you start playing, for me, I was playing a Street Fighter versus the Marvel Capcom, um, but I also grew up in an incredibly conservative household, so I was not allowed to play fighting games, so me and all of my seventh grade rebellious glory, I'm just playing like this fighting game in this room, I'm there with my church youth group, like we're there, and eventually I'm just staring at the screen, I'm playing this fighting game, playing this fighting game, I'm winning, I'm trying to win, and Eventually, I look around, and I don't see anybody. I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, okay, no worries. Let me, okay, the arcade room, the arcade room was clear. Okay, let me just go to the dining area. So, you know, we'll go out to the dining area. Nope. You hear the workers, welcome to CC's, and people I don't know as they're walking in, right? And I'm like, I got left. And I don't know that feeling. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling before when you got left, right? You're like... It feels a little lonely. I'm like, what? It, like, I thought I was with people. I'm not with people anymore. And I feel lonely. And you know where the group was going? They were going ice skating. Here the group is. We were at CC's. We started out at CC's. And now I know the group is no longer at CC's. So I can only deduce that they're now going ice skating. And I am not ice skating, right? I'm lonely at CC's. So now I'm like, oh my gosh, they're having so much fun ice skating. So not only do I feel lonely, I also feel behind. Because now they got to spend all of this time ice skating while I was still um, by myself at CC's. And as I'm feeling lonely and as I'm feeling behind, I also start feeling disconnected. 
See, I was really excited to go to CC's, and now I'm not excited at all to be at CC's. I feel incredibly disconnected from the CC's establishment, as well as I both literally and metaphorically feel disconnected from my group. So as I was left at CC's, I feel lonely, I feel behind, and I feel disconnected. And I realized it wasn't just me in seventh grade at CC's being left behind with my church youth group where I felt these things. As I got to my 20s, I also realized, like, man, I, I, I think I have friends, but then my friend groups kind of, like, dissipate, and I'm kind of in between friend groups. If you guys experience this, or then you're kind of in between friend groups, and I thought I had somebody, and I thought I had some people, and I don't have those people anymore. And when we're kind of in between friend groups and trying to navigate, what do we feel? Lonely. As well as, you know, we start looking at the people around us, right? And for me, as, as I was navigating my 20s, and I would see people in relationships, and I would see people getting married, and I would see people having houses, and I would see people getting promoted in their jobs, and I would see people just, like, killing it with, like, their, like, side hustle. And I'm like, man, I want to kill with my side hustle. And I tried a side hustle. It didn't work out, right? I feel behind, right? As well as there were these um, the jobs where I was working, the places that I was involved in, right? As I'm feeling lonely, as I'm feeling behind, I am also feeling disconnected. Disconnected at work, disconnected at church, right? But I know, like, hey, look, I've been through my 20s, and for most of us, late teens, in your 20s, um, early 30s, wherever you are, I know that I'm not the only one that's experienced loneliness, that's experienced feeling behind, and that's experienced feeling disconnected. So what are we prone to do? Whenever we are experiencing these things, what are we prone to do? Here's what we're prone to do. We're prone to overcompensate, right? And here's how you know someone's overcompensating. I'm not shouting anyone out, but it's just kind of a reality, right? You go for a new do or a new fit, right? You start getting a haircut, right? Or you get, go out and you go in the shopping spree outfit or somebody just starts getting a really, really, really buff, right? You start hitting the gym and you're like, man, I'm so glad that you're getting healthy, but what's really going on, Right? Or for some, I was talking to somebody this week, and they're like, I realized when I was feeling these things, and after I would go through a breakup, I would buy a new car. <laughs> so I'd just buy a new car, and then I would buy a new car, and I was like, okay, that's, that's quite the uh, overreaction uh, to feeling lonely, feeling behind, and feeling disconnected, right? Or for some of us, we're like, man, uh, I just need to quit my job. Like, do you have a job? No, but I'm just quitting my job. I need to quit my job. I can't stand my job. I feel disconnected at my job. I need to leave, right? And I need to get a new job, right? Or for some, you're like, I just can't stand Orlando anymore. I just got to get out of here. I just got to move somewhere else. I don't know if Orlando's for me anymore. Or maybe if you're not from Orlando and feeling lonely, feeling behind, feeling disconnected, those are the things of what brought you to Orlando in the first place. So my question for us is, how do we navigate when we're feeling disconnected? How do we navigate when we're feeling disconnected, right? So fortunately, we're not left to our own devices trying to figure out how to feel more connected, right? Because we don't want to feel lonely. We don't want to feel behind. We don't want to feel disconnected. We want to feel connected. So how do we navigate this? So fortunately, um, the Apostle Paul, he doesn't uh, leave us stranded here. The Apostle Paul actually is incredibly helpful as he's writing his letter to the church in Ephesus. So if you have your Bibles, or if you have your apps, we're going to be, in, it'll be on the screens as well. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to see how Paul is incredibly helpful in, navig- in helping us and helping church people and helping just people in general navigate. How do we navigate when we're feeling disconnected? So we'll start here in verse, um, verse 11, right? In verse 11 where he says this. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up 
the body of Christ. Okay, I'm just going to keep reading the text here. But as I'm reading, I want you to ask yourself, hey, what, as I'm reading, I want you to read along with me either in your own device, your app, your Bible, or on the screens here. And I want you to ask yourself, hey, as I'm reading this text in this passage, what stands out to me? What am I noticing here in this text? And then I'll come back and I'll kind of share what I'm noticing here in this text. But as we're reading, I want you to really, um, really ask yourself, hey, what stands out as I'm reading? So I'll, I'll keep going in verse 13 where he says, Until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human coming, cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. In verse 16, landing the plane here. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So I want us to notice a few things, right? I want us to notice a few things. Here's the first thing I want us to notice, is that we, this is what Paul says here in the text, is that we are parts of the body of Christ, Right? Paul frequently uses this metaphor uh, throughout his letters in the New Testament that we are members of the body. We are parts of the body. And as we're parts of this body, we, there is a clear head and an anus. The head of the body is Jesus. And we are parts, metaphorically, we are parts of the body, right? So like some of us are elbows. Some of us are little pinky toes. Some of us are, uh, uh, what's that dangly thing that you're... you're uh, uh, uvula, the little dangly thing like in your throat. Some of us are uvulas. Like, I don't want to be a uvula. Like, I don't know if you're uvula or not. You can be whatever you want to be. I don't know. It's a metaphor, right? So whatever, whatever you want to be, go for it, right? But we are parts of the, of the body, right? And see, when I was younger, I didn't really um, consider, like, really thinking. Because, like, when I was younger, just everything just kind of worked, right? And now, anybody 25 or older, you feel this because you feel it the day you turn 25. You just start waking up and your knee hurts. Why does your knee hurt? Because you went to sleep. I don't know, right? Or your ankle hurts or your elbow hurts. Or like now I'm at the point where like my, if I just have my hand in the wrong position for too long, my hand starts hurting. Like that's where life is, me at 32 years old right now. Just my hand starts hurting, right? So as I'm older, I kind of feel this body metaphor. And I'm like, I don't like when things don't work. I like when everything works really well when it comes to body. In the same way, we need to consider ourselves in the body of Christ, asking ourselves, okay, so it's true that I'm part of the body, and as I'm part of the body, whatever our part may be, whatever part I may be, am I working properly? Do I, do I see myself as this body, this collection of, of uh, belonging to other people who also proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord with Jesus as the head? And do I feel like I belong to this body, right? So that's the first thing I want us to notice, right? And here's another huge part of feeling connected because first we need to say like, yes, we are part of the body of Christ. That's the first thing we need to acknowledge in feeling connected. And secondly is this, is that as part of the body, we need to grow into Christ-like maturity. There's a growth aspect. There's a maturing aspect. 
And when I was 25, um, so I'm in my mid-20s, I'm 25, and I'm, I'm at my previous church, and I take a trip to the Philippines. And it was an incredible trip, and we got to go, um, go visit churches and go visit uh, Filipino people and go see, like, what the churches are doing and the amazing work that they're doing there. And while I'm there, one of the things that we did was we were going to go um, door-to-door evangelism. And some of you have done this, some of you have never done that. Um, but a door-to-door evangelism is essentially where you go, like, door-to-door and just ask people— like about their faith and ask people and just tell people about Jesus. So that's what we did. So in my so they, they break us up into groups of four. So me and my group, it's me, it's this 13-year-old boy, um, it's this 16-year-old girl, and then it's a 17-year-old girl and me. And I'm looking around at my group and I'm thinking about the tasks that we're about to do, going out to the streets of the village and maybe a little unsafe. I'm like, okay, like, are we going to be okay? Where's the man in our group? Like, we, need a, we should have a man in our group, right, to help keep us safe. Like, where's the man in our group? And then I start looking around the group. I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. Am I now the man of the group now? Is that where I am in life? And the answer is yes, right? See, I, I didn't realize that I had grown from a child physically to now, I mean, this 25-year-old fully grown. Well, it's, uh, it's debatable on how fully grown because I'm – anyway – but, you know, I'm, but theoretically and literally, like, I'm a fully grown adult male, right? So, so here's what the text says. We'll read it, just read kind of bits and parts, and it'll be on your screen. I just want to highlight a few things here. It was that for building up, so as we're part of this body, for building up, we're, we belong to this body, and as we belong to this body, we grow. And we building up the body of Christ, I'm going to skip over a few words, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, we may no longer be children, right? So we grow from children to become adults. And here's what the text says. This is incredibly important. As we consider maturity and as we think through growth, there is actually a standard that we're aiming toward. And it's not what we get to choose. So as we grow into adulthood, it has nothing to do with what our bank account says. As we're growing into adulthood, it has nothing to do with how many friends we have. It has nothing to do with how successful we are. It has nothing to do with how many Instagram likes we can get or TikTok views we can get. It has, here's the measure of adulthood. Are you guys ready? Here's the measure. It's Jesus. So as we're considering growing up spiritually, not just physically, but as we're considering growing up spiritually, as we're considering growing up emotionally, as we're considering growing up mentally, our standard is Jesus. As believers, as Christians, we have a new standard of growth, and we don't choose what it is. It's already decided for us, but I guarantee you it's exactly the growth that you want because you want to grow to become like Jesus. You want to be a fully realized male, a fully realized female, whatever you may be, to become like Jesus. And I want to give ourselves a lot of grace here because um, just like physically, we don't start out as adults, you start out as a child. And spiritually, you don't start out as adults. You start out as a child. So some of us may feel like, man, I just feel like, honestly, when I'm around here, I kind of feel like a kid. I feel like there's people that are just so much smarter than me, that so much, they just kind of know what's going on. I'm still just trying to figure things out, and I don't really feel like I'm an adult. And I'm going to say, hey, look, if you feel that way, that's a-okay, because that's everyone's starting place. And I want us to navigate from feeling like a child to growing and taking the steps to grow to become like Jesus, to become a fully realized adult. Because our responsibility 
is to grow into adult. And y'all, we see this all the time. This is actually, can I say, this is my favorite, this is the favorite part of what I get to do around here. This is my favorite part of being a pastor, is seeing the growth in you. It's incredible. And it's slow, because growth is slow. And it's not a bad thing, it just is, right? It's slow and it's amazing and it's incredible, right? Because we we see this all the time, as we say this all the time around here, is that Orlando is a city of lost children that are looking for a home. Orlando, it's a city full of lost children. Orlando is full of young adults that are just looking for a home. And what we get to do every single Tuesday night, what we get to do as the young adult ministry of First Orlando is say, hey, look, we're imperfect We don't have everything figured out, but wherever you are, come, come. It's this invitation. You're loved just as you are. You don't need to change a single thing about yourself in order for you to be loved as you are, right? So just come. You can find a home. You can find belonging. You can find family here um, is what we have going on here. And I love getting to journey with you. For some of you, I've gotten to meet with you many, many, many times one-on-one. For some of you, I've gotten to meet with you a few times one-on-one. For some of you, you don't know this yet, I'm going to meet with you one-on-one, right? And it's not just me, our our team, and it's not just our team, our staff team, it's our our leaders. It's one-on-one, it's how it's done. We just love getting to know you. We just love getting to journey with you. Why? Because it is such a joy for you as well to see the growth in your life and to see the growth in the lives of those around you. It is the best part of getting to do ministry. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, so we'll, we'll keep going here because then, um, so we, we recognize that we're members of the body. <clears throat> we recognize that we want to grow to become more like Jesus. And here's, here's when we know, um, here's kind of how we grow. We grow, I want us to notice this. This is the third notice. We grow until we have unity. We grow until we have unity. Has anybody done an escape room? A few people? Are any, like, like escape room enthusiasts? A few people? Okay, okay. We, I got, I'm getting some nods. Like, yes, I love escape rooms, like solving problems. For some of you, you're like, I would not be caught dead in an escape room. You're locking me in a room with no way out? Absolutely not. I would never do that, right? Is anybody, like, anti-escape room? It's okay. It's safe space. Few, few. Okay, so we have very pro-escape room and very anti-escape room. Wherever you fall in the escape room paradigm, it's okay. You're welcome. Welcome to the table. So uh, our staff team, uh, maybe like six, eight months ago, like we did an escape room together and it was absolutely incredible. Like the theme was, uh, was it Gold Digger? It was like gold, <laughs> gold, not, you can take my money. No, no. Gold, gold Rush. Listen, too much Kanye. Okay. Listen to Gold Rush. Gold Rush. <laughs> Gold Rush. There you go. So we're looking for gold, right? In an appropriate way. Okay. We're looking for gold in an escape room. Uh, so we're there. <laughs> it's going to take me a second. Okay, I'm good. So, so we're there at the escape room, Gold Rush. Like, like it's there. The room's set up. We, like, there's different rooms. We have to go through that. And there was four of us doing this. And it was, like, it was so fun. Because basically what we had to do was work together as a team. And if you've done an escape room, you know this. You have to work together as a team. But here's what happens in an escape room when you're doing it. Right? You're there, and then you just, like, start shouting out things. Right? And that's the way that the way to, a good way to do an escape room. You just start shouting out everything that you see, right? You're like, uh, uh, 17, 24, 13, the letter H, capital H, not lowercase h. Oh, but there's lowercase h over here. And it's like nothing really makes sense. But essentially what you're doing is you're having unity and knowledge. 
We're sharing knowledge with each other. We're sharing what we know for unity. As well as, it's not just sharing information, but then there's like actual tasks, right? Because some of you have to solve like a, like a spelling thing. Some it's like a word jumble. Some it's like a math equation. Or there's like actual like locks, and like a puzzle that you need to do. So not just knowledge, it's also action and experience, right? So to be successful in an escape room, there's unity. Like you can't get out in a fast time. If there's not unity, there has to be unity and knowledge, and there has to be unity and action and experience. But listen here, it's not, it's not, um, it's unity, not uniformity. Unity, not uniformity. Because if, if you've done an escape room, you know this, if everyone does the same task, that's not good. You need people doing different tasks because some people are skilled. Some people are really good at math, and they get to do all the math puzzles. Some people are really good at reading and spelling, right, and the the, the logic that goes into it, right? So you want to assign those people to those things. So when we're doing our escape room, uh, we are unified. There's unity, but we're not uniform. We're not all doing the same thing. And this is exactly what Paul is saying here in verse 13 where he says, Until we all attain the unity of the faith, right, faith in action is trust, trust is action, this is an experience, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So unity in, in action and experience and unity in knowledge, right? And that's what it means to be unified. And now we take these notices, and here's the big idea. I think this is what Paul is trying to communicate to us, right? So we're asking, man, I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling behind when I compare myself to my friends. Um, I'm feeling I'm disconnected. Paul, help me out, man. He wrote us a passage. We noticed a few things. And here's the big idea. Here's the big idea. Connect. We connect by growing in community. We connect by growing in community. Focus on unity. The word community means common unity. Community. Right? So there's a commonness. There's a unity. Right? of those of us that have put our faith and our trust in Jesus. So here's how we feel connected, is that we feel connected by growing to become more like Jesus in community with each other. Now, for some, as I say this, for some, this is an incredibly strange idea. And the reason this is an incredibly strange idea is because we've never considered Christian community as a place and means for growth. We think of Christian community as a place of judgment, right? We think of Christian community as a place for shame, right? We think for Christian community as a place of being told how we're wrong, how we're not doing good enough, how we're not doing enough, we need to be doing more, we don't feel safe, right? So we never um, would consider Christian community as a safe place where we can grow and make mistakes and just try new things and experiment. We think of Christian community as a place that's like not at all conducive for growth. And because of that, we feel like we need to grow on our own. So what do we think of when we think of growth, right? Especially for those of us that want to grow spiritually. We're like, man, I don't... Uh, YouTube. <laughs> uh, how to grow a Christian. Uh, how to read Bible. How to pray. How to whatever it may be. And I think that's an incredible place to start. And what I want to say is not minimize any of the growth that we're doing on our own. What I want to do is include the self-initiated steps and growth and plug that in to this community that's going to love you, that's going to care for you, that's going to help you process, help answer questions. And even for those of us that are seasoned Christians, right, we're not asking how to pray. We're asking stuff like, uh, um, what is Calvinism and Armenianism? Do I, should, should I care, right? 
or um, what is the, the hypostatic union of Jesus, right? Whatever, whatever it may be, right? And you're like, I need to process that. Um, you have people around you that can help process life and help process the questions um, that we may have. And the other reason why this may be a strange idea is because you've tried it before. This isn't your first rodeo. You've tried Christian community before, and here's what happened. You had a terrible experience, and it was very hurtful. And there's a lot of harm and trauma that you're still processing. And even you being here at the table tonight, nobody knows this, you know this, nobody else knows this. This is a huge step for you to be here. Just trying, like, do I, this Christian community is being around Christians, is that something that I want to do? I don't know. I'm wrestling, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, like what, what, I don't know what to do, but I'm, you know what, I'm here. I'm here tonight. And that's all I can do is tonight. And I'm saying, in like the most loneliness, perhaps, that we've ever felt is around Christians, the most disunity you've ever felt is around Christians, like the most um, um, disconnected that you've ever felt in your life had some sort, something to do with church, something to do with Christians, something to do with God, right? And actually, you feel more connected to your non-Christian friends than you do your Christian friends um, because there hasn't been as much, like, hurt, hurtfulness in, in those relationships, and I can't correct anything from your past. All I want to say is I firmly believe that starting tonight, if that's you, that Jesus wants to do something new in you. And Jesus wants to heal and to redeem and not forget, and it's a process, but to heal and to redeem any sort of negative, any sort of trauma, any sort of hurtful experience that we've had before in the past, right? So Jesus wants to heal and redeem us as we're processing how to navigate Christian community and do so in a healthy way, right? And Paul, this is what Paul teaches. Paul teaches is that we can't grow alone. It's impossible for us to grow alone. We, we can't because what he says in the text in verse 16 where he says, the body helps the body grow. So the way that Jesus has things orchestrated with him as the head, with us as members of the body, is that the body helps the body grow. By, by that he means, practically, we participate in the growth of other people, as well as other people participate in our growth. See, it's mutual, right? And it's mutual. We're all growing. Nobody has it figured out. Nobody stops growing. Because you know whenever we stop growing? When we die. So if we feel like we've arrived we stopped growing. And if we stopped growing, we're experiencing disunity, not unity. Why? Because we're no longer growing in knowledge and we're no longer growing in experience. Nobody's arrived. Nobody has it all figured out. Nobody has all the answers. Nobody's perfect. This is why we call it, Jarian said it earlier, we call ourselves a banquet for the broken. And what do we mean by that? We mean as we're a banquet for the broken, there's constantly parts of ourselves that need healing that need restoration, that need Jesus to come in to heal the broken pieces of our lives. And it's a continual process for the rest of our life. It stops when G we either die or Jesus comes back and we get to see Jesus face to face. That's whenever, as he says in the text, that it'll be fully realized. But until then, it's this constant growth process. And if we are unwilling to fully embrace the Christian community where we are, we are stunting our growth and we're also stunting the growth of others, right? So that was a meeting with some, uh, some group leaders, uh, maybe about a year ago, a couple, couple years ago. Um, and I was meeting some, some leaders, 
And there, like in the group, um, there was uh, one, of the, one of the leaders w- was sharing how she was going through some like really hard uh, like family stuff and it was really complex and like she didn't really know how to navigate and she was kind of talking about it. Like the, the room itself, the group that we were in was safe enough where she finally started sharing what was going on um, and she didn't really know how to process. Somebody else in the group responds to her and says, hey, I remember what it was like having to navigate through family stuff. I remember it was really messy. It was really hard. And I was really grateful for my Christian community because if it wasn't for my Christian community, they became this family to help me navigate the really hard complexities of life. So I'm encouraged for you that you'll get to experience around here what I got to experience. So practically, here are four steps on how to feel connected as we ask the question, so how, practically, what does this look like? We're, we're feeling lonely, we're feeling um, uh, like we're behind, we're feeling disconnected, so how do we grow in community? Here's four steps. How do we grow in common unity with other believers? Number one, identify your Christian community. Right? So one of the things that we talk about, it's called a, a we've talked about it before, um, about a year ago, um, a friend inventory. You guys ever heard of a friend inventory? A friend inventory is a friend inventory. A friend inventory is essentially where you kind of just list um, everybody that you know, and then you see, are they Christian community or are they not Christian community? Can they be Christian community? I kind of see them around. I don't know. So I think a, a friend mentor is an incredibly helpful way just to start the process in identifying a Christian community. And perhaps you may be in a place where like, um, okay, I did my friend mentor. It was zero. <laughs> I don't have any Christian community. And we're saying, hey, great, here's your best next step for you. And a little bit later, we're going to have our team come up and talk about life groups. And we think that as you're processing and and identifying your Christian community, we think joining a life group is the best next step for you in order to start making and identifying perhaps some opportunities for some Christian community. So number one is identify your Christian community. Here's number two. After you've identified your Christian community, number two, maximize time with that Christian community, right? Maximize time. So like practically, look at your schedule, all right, look at your, and see, hey, how much time do I have available for my Christian community? Am I just spending a little bit of time with my Christian community, or am I spending a lot of time with my Christian community? And we would say, hey, look, however much time you have, maximize your time with Christian community. And I think that this is one of the reasons why, perhaps for some of us, that we used to feel connected and no longer feel connected anymore. I think that's okay to feel that way, but my question is, how much time are we actively spending and trying to maximize time with our Christian community, right? Are we being proactive and reaching out to our Christian community to spend time together? Are we reaching out for pe- to people to hang out in groups, to hang out in one-on-one settings, right? What does our proactivity look like as we're trying to maximize time with our Christian community once we've identified it? Because it may change from season to season. And that's why for some of us, if we feel like we're in between friend groups and we're trying to navigate and we don't really know what to do, um, well, um, what as you're navigating your 20s, especially for those of you that are single, or for most of you, almost all of you are single, um, it's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult, and it can feel incredibly lonely at times. So that's why, I want, if that's a season where you are right now, I'd say, hey, keep going. Keep identifying. Be proactive, right? Identify your Christian community and continue reaching out, continue reaching out. And I'm fully confident that the Lord is going to provide amazing and healthy and wonderful Christian community for you to maximize time with. All right, number three, 
And once you maximize time with the Christian community, a couple more. Speak the truth in love to the Christian community. Speak the truth in love for the Christian, to that Christian community. So what do I mean by that? Um, I mean, by truth, I mean defining reality. So as you speak the truth to that Christian community, um, I mean define uh, the reality of God's truth and define the realities of God and define the realities of who God is as well as define the realities of their life, right? So because here's what happens. Um, you know, somebody is, um, is incredibly unaware about how um, just obnoxious they are, right? Oh, maybe I'll use this. Somebody is incredibly um, unaware that they have stinky elbows. Somebody has stinky elbows, right? And they have no idea that they have stinky elbows. But you know what? You know, you, you know they have stinky elbows. And everyone else knows they have stinky elbows. So typically what happens? You go and you start talking to other people about how stinky their elbows are. And you're like, man, those elbows are so stinky. Sheesh. Do you know, like, oh, I know, like, they don't, why don't they bathe? Man, they should know better. Why don't they bathe? Like, they should, there's, there's a really easy solution for the stinky elbows. And here's what happens. Then everyone knows, and everyone knows the truth about the person's stinky elbows. Except for who? The person. So how do we speak the truth in love? One-on-one, we say, hey, can I, can I help you with something? hey, I, I love you. I don't know if um, this is kind of um, weird for me to say, but I love you and I care about you. Um, are you aware that whenever you come into a room, there's an unpleasant odor that's coming from your elbows? And they would say, and they're a little embarrassed, right? They're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I'm so, like, I, I just didn't know. And you're like, cool, cool, cool. Hey, that's okay. Let me, let me help you with your stinky elbow situation, Right? How much healthier is that to speak the truth and love to that person instead of this entire, right, it's gossip. This gossip train where everyone knows a growth opportunity for person except for the person because nobody's willing to talk to the person. So here's how to be unified in knowledge and unified in experience is that we speak the truth and love to each other with care and compassion and boldness and love to help them grow to the full stature of Jesus who did not have stinky elbows. Okay, number three. And last one, point four. Be patient. Be patient. Because community and growth takes time. Community and growth takes time, right? There's, I said it a little earlier. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a process. Growth is slow. It's so slow. And anybody else who, who loves efficiency like me, and can be impatient most of the time, like me. Like the, the change process, the transformation process, the growth process, it's like, oh my gosh, this is taking so long. Like, I, why haven't I found community yet? Why haven't I grown more yet? And the reality is it takes time. And I think as we're navigating, trying to feel connected, right, and we are identifying um, our Christian community. We're maximizing time with our Christian community. We're speaking the truth and love to our Christian community. Um, other people are speaking the truth and love to us. And we need to be patient in the process because it's going to take time. Um, as well as there's going to be a discernment on who we feel safest with Christian community. And it's, it may not always be the first people that we think are going to be the best Christian community for us, right? They may be safe to someone else and that's okay. 
and we may, um, it may take um, um, a few tries, if you will, to find people that we really find safe to really process what's going on in life, and that's okay. So to, um, to wrap up our time, and I was part of a, a life group, or kind of as a life group was starting a couple years ago. And um, so the, the first time that we were there in the group, it was people that were trying to get connected. There were people that were trying to like find Christian community and take steps in Christian community. And, and we started out the first week and here's what happened the first week. A little awkward, right? You have a group, you get a bunch of new people together. You've experienced this before. You get a bunch of new people together, and it's like you know you're trying to like get to know each other, and it's like this like really awkward like first date in a sense of like what do we talk about? Where's their common ground? You know, is everyone kind of talking equally? Like, do we like each other? Right. So we're all there for the first time as part of this group, um, but we're like you know what it was let, you know let, it was good overall. It was a little awkward, but overall it was a good experience, and everyone almost most everyone wanted to came back for the second week. So we're there. We're there the second week, and slowly but surely, just trust just starts getting built. And people just start sharing with what's going on in their life, right? And one of the girls talks about, like, a dating situation that she was in, and somebody else talks about, like, a family situation that they were processing. Someone else, like, was trying to navigate, like, work. And we start talking about their lives. As well as, you know, we get to week three, you get to week four. Eventually, trust slowly starts getting built to where people start talking even more with more vulnerability. So eventually, one of the girls in the group says this. She says, um, um, hey, can I be honest? I, I know I'm coming every week, and you'll probably notice that I don't talk a lot, and it's because um, I have, like, severe social anxiety. And because I have social anxiety, it's just, like, me even being here is, is y'all don't know this, it's, it's huge for me even to be here because I just feel incredibly anxious as I'm even around a group of people. She's like, but what I feel God telling me is to continue growing to not just not be fearful, but be able to push through and being able to take steps and cultivating my, my social interactions. It's not something that I want to continue living with. I want to grow to become more like Jesus. I want to grow to be, be able to be around people in social situations. So she says this in the group, you know, all of us are crying, you know, hugging her. You know, she was incredible that she would share that and trust us enough to share that. And then someone else in the group shares. She says, hey, there's a group of us that are going to a magic game. And guess what? I have an extra ticket. So if you truly want to take steps in growing through social anxiety, you don't have to, but here's a ticket for you. It's up to you. If you want to come and hang out with us, here's a ticket for you to come hang out with us at the Magic Game, right? Community. Growth. So she ended up going, had an incredible time at the Magic Game, right? So the big idea is we connect. We feel connected by growing in community, and that's what I want for you. If you feel incredibly disconnected, if you feel lonely, if you feel behind, if you feel disconnected, whatever you may be feeling here tonight, I want nothing more for you than for you to take steps, to feel connected to Jesus, to feel connected to each other by growing in community. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. God, we thank you um, just for loving us first. God, and I pray that we can continue growing in community, God, in the, the table and our young adult community here, God, can just be a place where we identify you as our aim, you as the full stature of who you are, Jesus, and how you help grow us to become more like you, and we get to do that together. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.